0: Hi, this is Jeff Davis. I spent many years just down the road playing rock and roll along the lakefront in Chicago at WLS Music Radio. This year's a banner year for Radio Centennials. That's why I'm happy to wish my brothers and sisters in radio a heartfelt 100th anniversary at 1440 WROK in Rockford, Illinois. Sometimes people just need a really good reason to get back together and enjoy each other. This is one of those occasions. Getting behind the microphone again and sharing those seldom told tales is a special feeling these folks didn't want to pass up. The studio is filled with decades of photos, bumper stickers, buttons, albums, t-shirts, jackets, original signs, and well-deserved industry awards. Here's to WROK's 100 years of broadcasting in Northern Illinois and Southern Wisconsin. And now, more radio stories between old friends on another episode of the Storyteller Studio. You're not supposed to eat in the control room. Did
1: you
2: know that? Oh, man. We never pay attention <laughs> to those when, rules. When we, yeah. S- since, since when? when? Yeah. Yeah, since when? Since never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I admit, I ate uh, pizza during the Saturday Night Cruise a couple times.
3: Yeah. How
1: do you get sound effects without eating chili?
2: How's That's it, right. How does that work? You know, I, <laughs> That. And you take, I the, just got that. then you take the guest mic and you put it down below, and that's, phew, that's there you right. go. That's and then uh, the right. poor, I just got that. and then the poor guest that comes in next has to smell your body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's
1: time to say welcome back to Bill Shannon. We are at the second sit down in the storyteller studio. Here we are, July twenty fifth. And I think we ended up doing that back in March.
2: March 25th, to be precise. On number yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it just, it just goes to show folks that if you pay them enough money, they'll let you back in the door. <laughs> yeah, see, that's how that works. <laughs>
1: the, that money we have yet to see, by the yeah, way, right? but that's okay. Oh, Oh yeah. yeah. There's that. No, no. But, <laughs> but I'll tell you what you did is you brought gifts. Oh, my. Oh, yes. When somebody from radio hands you a CD and all it says is jingles and air checks, we
3: get excited. Yes,
1: and we have no idea what we're going to listen to and that's that's the thrill. That's the cool part. Well, when
2: you up. when you crack that open, you will be amazed at a couple of things. Number one, the quality, and number two, the fact that I found this stuff.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> where is it? Cassette or reel-to-reel or both?
2: Uh, some cassette, some reel. Okay. We talked about it before we, we went on here, but uh, some of the Programmer's Digest actually came from the original vinyl that I found, oh, that I have. Really? And, and I cleaned them, and I cleaned... Uh, everyth- everything that you have, I cleaned up with it, with the exception of the air check of the cruise because the quality on that was surprisingly really good after yeah. 37 years yeah. ago.
3: So you know we're going to be putting some of those on yeah. after this. Yeah. We'll oh, no. Them.
2: Squeeze them in there somewhere.
1: Oh, boy. Um, There was... Um, There was a a vinyl playing in the studio today when Bill walked in the door, Mm -hmm. and it was American Top 40 with Casey Kasem. The year-end countdown. Yeah, 1983, and I did not realize, of course, you know, it's been years and years and years. I did not realize it was the top 100 year-end countdown, so that's even
2: nicer. Thanks for your letter. Here's another (laughs) song you're
1: sick of.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You did that very well.
1: Thank you. So, Bill, this second time around, wherever you want to start, I have no idea. Where we left off in the bowl of spaghetti, and there's been maybe twenty, maybe fifteen or twenty people in between. Oh, really? When we sat down. So, before. so your
2: your your brain is just oh. uh, scrambled, basically. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: We we had Fred Spear in lately. We had Ken DeCoster and wow. Bob Wow, I saw the
2: pictures with Ken and Bob on Facebook, yeah. and I bet you that was a wonderful uh, yeah.
1: And they've been friends for years. Oh, yeah. But yeah. it was fun to see Ken's face when you know you get down a rabbit hole of some sort with a conversation. And Bob starts telling a story and Ken thought he knew Bob. And he goes, I don't know about this. And it had something to do with Muhammad Ali in Las Vegas. And yeah. he goes Really? He goes, I had no clue. And so it's it's a nice payoff for everybody, you know, that's sitting around the table. I it's bumped the of, mic.
2: Let it let's let it reverberate on a little bit.
3: So So that's a good spot to start. Have you ever had mic issues when you were at the station? Well,
1: you had
2: mic issues because
1: you dated so many mics. Yeah, right, I did.
2: (laughs) Actually, I did once on the afternoon show. For some reason, the main mic, uh, it just stopped working. It was kind of intermittent. Mm -hmm. So all I did was swing around uh, guest one and uh, use that one for a while until Jack Lambiot came in and uh, figured out that it was just a, a connection that had you know, gone awry. Yeah. So, but yeah, need a new cable or something. Uh, just a, you know, just a crimped cable or something. But he uh, had it fixed in no time, and it sounded fine again. So I went back to the other mic. So I
1: never had mic issues in the studio, but I had mic issues on location all the time. Because oh, with, with that Marty, with the mm, yes. with the, yeah. with the yes. portable Marty. Well, yes. because they get roughed up. I mean, you're just dragging these things everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, something's bound to Well, end. that
2: little portable Marty that we had got a lot of use.
1: And it was sort of neat to be able to take. That little bitty, almost like a first aid kit. It was like
2: about. carrying a lunch lunchbox. Yes, it
1: was. Yeah. And whip antenna. And, and, and we were oh, just. That's true, I forgot the little whip we, antenna. Yeah, we yeah. were just thrilled that we had the flexibility and we didn't have to be anchored to the van or the studio or anything. Yeah, like you that.
2: had to be within reasonable range of the van, yes. mind you. But, uh, yes. you know, we, we talked last time about the uh, about the grand opening of Magic Waters. Oh, yeah. In which we did a remote there yeah. at the top of the flumes. We uh, handed the mic over and almost dropped it down the flume. Oops. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, crisis averted, <laughs> happy to say.
1: The the one time where I, uh, you you instantly sweat when you think, oh, boy, if I drop that, holy crap. Yeah. It's going yeah. it's gonna, it's gonna to really screw up yeah. the entire day. It's going to be a bad day. Yeah, there
2: goes my career. Yeah. Right, down, you, right down the flume, yeah, washed and then, away.
1: And then you got to go tell somebody about it. We did a wedding in a hot air balloon. And as we were getting in and going up, you know, you've got your stuff. You're trying to pay attention. sure. And just for that one split second, I go, oh, God, I almost dropped it. Oh. And, and luckily, I did drop it. But, of course, the cable caught it. But it was inside the it basket. It stayed in the basket. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. Watch that first step. It's a dandy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> where do you want to start? You've got such um, a wild well, career. Well,
2: thank you, uh, I think. Well, I'll just highlight some of the things that we missed last time around. Uh, did we talk about uh, Flo and Eddie, the turtles? No.
3: Does not ring a bell. I don't think the so.
2: turtles. They came to the Coronado in '84. Oh, was it happy it together? Was the, it was the first.
3: Oh, I'm thinking oh. little hard shell turtles. Yeah. Oh, no, nin- no,
2: no, no, not not Teenage Mutant <laughs> Ninjas, <laughs> the singing type. I know. Uh, okay. Not the Teenage Mutant Ninja t- you, you,
3: oh, I'm
1: thinking real. You Look, ought to
2: bang zoom.
1: Hey, we had tarantulas in the engineering room. We could have had turtles.
2: Well, we could have had anything. Well, who, that's who, true. who knows what critters <laughs> crawled through that building? That's true. <laughs> so what about Flo and Eddie? Well, they came to the studio, and uh, I interviewed them on the air. And then we went back in the production room, and we cut some IDs. Oh, and good. I know I have that reel somewhere.
1: Oh, God.
2: Where is the question? because I have boxes of things that I've been slowly but surely unearthing. Oh. I've collected all kinds of stuff, air checks from all over the place, all the stations I've been at, plus all the stations that I've you know, gotten within earshot.
1: And you've got the availability to digitize them, obviously. Yes, yes. And there's your magic right there.
2: Yeah I, yeah. I have. I actually have two little dubbing suites that I uh, set up.
1: Oh, he has a dubbing suite. A dubbing suite, <laughs> yes. I yeah. have I have a recorder in a box, and yeah, he yeah. has a dubbing yeah, suite. Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> yes, indubitably. You, just, you see, you put the cassette in the machine, and you hit the play button. Did you do radio in England
0: by no. any chance? No. no
1: okay, no. all right. Because <laughs> it sort of sounds like it. It just does. <laughs> no. no. no, no. Would, or maybe you just have the pompous Part of you no, no, in this no. studio I, I, no. suite. No, <laughs> okay. you,
2: you know me well enough to know that I'm not very pompous at all. <laughs> no, uh, I know. I speak sarcasm. Uh, yes, you do. It's <laughs> your finest quality, I might. might. Very redeeming. Uh, but uh, Flo and Eddie came in uh, from the Turtles, mm-hmm. and they were going to be at the Coronado that night for the launch of the Happy Together tour. Oh, my. Yeah. Because uh, they did one at uh, Marriott's Great America, and then I believe they did the Coronado, because they were in the you know the same general area.
1: And if you had to ballpark it, what year do you think? 84. 84. Spring Cause of 84, cause, yeah. Because you realize they were touring last year, Yeah. 2021. Right, yeah. That's right. crazy when you think about that. Yeah,
2: and I guess uh, uh, Eddie's not doing too well right now. He's sick. Oh. I okay. think it's lung cancer, but I'm not oh, sure. Wow.
1: I never knew anything about... Most of the 60s and very, very early 70s groups. Yeah. You know, I knew about them, but I never, like, if you said Flo and Eddie, which obviously you did, and we're going, ah, nothing. On the other hand, you know, Eagles, Doobie Brothers, those people I knew, the individuals. Well, well, the
2: Turtles were successful mainly through the late 60s into the first part of 70. See, that's my whole. And and then the two members of of the Turtles, Flo and Eddie, became part of uh, Frank Zappa's band.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah.
2: And then in the 80s, they decided to do the Nostalgia Tour because, you know, everybody was into that. Mm-hmm. And so they went on tour and they've been doing it ever since. Wow. Uh, I saw them with my then-fiancé out at uh, Marriott's Great America. They had uh, Gary Puckett. Mm. I'm trying to remember who else they had. It's been so long.
1: You know, WROK, because of the 11 O'Clock Sock Hop and the Saturday Night Cruise, right. they sponsored some shows that came to yeah, the Coronado I- that would have maybe six bands, like Lou Christie. Sure. I'm telling you, the, the crowd went absolutely apeshit.
2: I, uh, I worked with Lou on a couple of uh, events, not not here, mind you, but elsewhere. Wow. Uh, had him in Des Moines a couple times. Okay. He performed at the uh, uh, State Fair, so we had him in studio, had him on air. Nice. Uh, Davy Jones of the Monkees uh, stopped oh, by yeah. one time.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Little Davy, real nice guy, sweetheart little of a guy. Little Davy. <laughs> sweetheart, sweetheart of a guy. Johnny Tillotson was part of that and is part of the State Fair. Chuck Berry was on the bill. Oh, my. I was backstage, and I got to see Chuck do the duck walk across the stage. No kidding. What a thrill.
1: You know what a nice little 360, you know, and Liz and I have talked about this, I don't know how many times. You know, you take something from 40 years ago, and then all of a sudden, it's like, well, it's still pertinent last year, and here's why. Yeah. We went down to uh, Joliet. They are building the Illinois Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. And they ended up doing the uh, second class of inductees, Lisa Fielding, who is I the, saw
2: the pictures, who's an alumni yep. of WROK. Yep. Yep.
1: She was the presenter. In fact, she was in charge of gathering all the presenters. So she pulled in people from WXRT and WLSFM right. and yeah. V103. Oh, and people
2: that were, that were there and helped a lot of the artists, well, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, obtain success.
1: Absolutely. Her duty was to induct Chuck Berry. And his son came and accepted the How award. How cool is that? And boy, did he have the stories. Very personable guy. And his sister was standing right there, never said a word.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling. You tell.
1: So either she she knew, hey, he's <laughs> the talker of the uh, family. Oh, boy.
2: Okay, here we go. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to chime in on this. He's got it covered for the 12 of us. Yeah. yeah but, but boy, yeah. he told some really I cool. I bet he did. Yeah. I bet and, he did.
1: And of course, Bob Surratt is the MC. Sure. And Bob Serrat is standing over off stage because I'm taking pictures of stuff. He's standing off off stage uh, outside the lights and he's just nodding the whole time because it took him right back to sure. his WLS days.
2: Probably to st- before then, the yeah. BBM FM.
1: Yes, exactly. Sure. To see that kind of reaction out of those
2: people. Oh yeah. And let's see, Chuck would have been, gosh, probably in his late sixties, early seventies by then. Oh my. You never would've known. No. Just right across the stage. Wow.
1: Is there somebody that you interviewed either in the studio or on location somewhere, and five minutes into the interview, you go, I cannot believe this person is giving me access. I cannot believe they are talking to me because I'm either a snotty-nosed 19-year-old kid or I just asked them if they could sit down 10 minutes ago, and yeah. they said yes. Is there somebody that stands oh, there's out?
2: A, there's a couple of them. Okay. Uh, Ann Wilson of Hart would be oh. one. She oh. was very, very personable.
3: What do you remember from her interview?
2: She just, just really sweet and nice, and just grateful for her career and the music, and was just very appreciative of, of even having the conversation. She just, I, I did not sense any ego at all, you know, genuine.
1: We both know Mike Lamb. Oh sure. Who in 1977, 78 was Shotgun Mark Rivers on WROK? Yep. And we still do business with him with our podcast and websites and Sky 7 Radio and stuff like that. So he was talking to me about a a year ago. It was something about, you know, grabbing these cassettes and reel-to-reels and making them digital. And he says, boy, I would love to dig up my interview. It was his first celebrity interview with Ann and Nancy Wilson at Montgomery Wards on Mulford and State. He says, it is such a vivid memory not only because they were my first celebrities, but again, just like you said, they were so welcoming and so nice.
2: Yeah, really. And just, I would say, kind. was really yeah. kind. Hmm. Uh, another guy that I had the chance to talk to, although I didn't do the interview, uh, was the late Howard Hessman.
1: Oh, my.
2: Yeah. Uh, Dr. Johnny Fever. He, uh, How
1: did you run into him?
2: Well, I was on the phone. KRP in Cincinnati, this night like night, 1981, I'm thinking, about the time that did. Um, we did an interview on ZUU. Uh-huh. Jack Randall, not related to the one that used to work here, but up in Milwaukee, uh, got the interview, and I was the engineer of it. I was there when we cut the IDs. He cut IDs for all the jocks. I still have mine. <laughs> do you? Oh, really? yeah.
1: That is fantastic. And
2: Howard was just, you know, very down to earth, too. Just a cool guy. Wow. You know?
1: Did Head. he ever do anything after WKRP? Did he ever do yeah, anything? Yeah, was
2: a show called Head of the Class. I remember that. Yeah, it was on. It was on. Yeah. Uh, it was on ABC. I remember. And he, the title. And, he and he was the teacher. And then, of course, KRP came back for a second run, and he had some, you know, occasional appearances. He was not part of the regular cast, but he, he you know, came by the station a couple times. Wow. Yeah, and he actually was a disc jockey back in the '60s.
1: Were there, Were any of the other ones, or was it just? Him?
2: Uh, just him, I believe. Oh, okay. Uh, KSFO in San Francisco before he got into acting.
1: Wow, which was
2: an album rock station back in the day. Wow, yeah.
1: Speaking of San Francisco, yes, I know we bounce in forty different directions. Yes, we do. (laughs) Uh, Bring
2: it back in, Tim. Come with me. Come on, come on. Bring it back. Bring it
1: back. (laughs) You know when you go into YouTube Mm -hmm. and whatever you happen to pull up, they'll go, "Wow, well, you know, if you're interested in that, you're going to be interested in this." Sure, okay. So they take you down a rabbit hole, which in this case was so cool because it was KFRC. And it was Don Rose. Do you remember him? Sure. Yeah. Dr. Don. Yeah. You just keep flowing with all these people that went through KFRC in San Francisco. Obviously, I didn't listen to KFRC because I'm in Illinois most of my life. Yeah,
2: I couldn't quite pull it in.
1: No, not quite. To hear those people and the energy Mm -hmm. and the dedication and the following is, oh, God, it was so good to hear. Boy,
2: you're going to love me.
1: Oh, because of the air
2: checks you put uh, on I, the CD? I, I, well, no. Dr. Oh. Don's not part of this this oh. bunch. Okay. But obviously, it'll have to be part of the next batch. I have some Dr. Don air checks. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have some KFRC composites. Oh. I have a cruise in 1967 that he did for WQXI in Atlanta where he worked. He was at KFRC and then K101 most recently, and he died, what, five, ten years ago, I yeah. think it was.
1: Do you have anybody like uh, Charlie Tuna on KHJ yep. mm-hmm. or the
2: Real Down Steel? Sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, uh, yeah. and do you remember? Um, oh boy, he wore the uh, Smokey the Bear hat. Shotgun Tom Kelly. Shotgun
2: Tom Kelly. KCBQ.
1: Well, he was also on K Earth.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. where that's where he most recently was. Now he's doing stuff on uh, Sirius XM. He's still. Mm-hmm. Oh my. Yeah.
1: Wow!
3: Yeah, he he, still go by shotgun. Yes, he does, and he (laughs) still yes, he
2: sure does, and he wears and he wears the hat. Oh wow! I've got some KFRC stuff and KCBQ stuff where he's just screaming away. Okay.
1: The the first one I saw of him, and I'm almost sure it was on K Earth. You know, first of all, you got this Smokey the Bear Boy Scout, you know, state trooper hat on, and his headphones are upside down Mm because you obviously can't put them on top of the hat. And he started in with, I don't know what the intro, what the song of the intro was, but he started in and he started go Yeah, yeah, shock on Tom
2: <laughs> Yeah, that's what he...
3: Oh my he, gosh, oh, serious. Yeah. He's yeah. a
2: nutball. He, oh, he really is. You should have heard him when he did that at uh, KCBQ. Let's see if I remember his history somewhat. Uh, he started at a station in California. I can't remember the call letters, but I know he ended up at KRIZ in Phoenix. Oh my. And then he went to... Oh, it was the other Drake station in in San Diego?
1: Not KFMB.
2: No, that That's... was that, that was the F the F it was B one hundred. Later, that was mm-hmm. FM. Mm-hmm. No, anyway, he no, it was a KGO. I think it was KGO. Don't know. Well, anyway, it uh, three call letters San Francisco uh, in 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 San Diego. Then he went to KCBQ, and then he went to B one hundred, and then uh, I forget the rest of it. But he ended up at K Earth eventually, doing wow. uh, doing afternoons replacing. The real Don Steele, after he passed in '98,
1: oh, didn't wow. know that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Wow.
2: Yeah, Charlie Van Dyke replaced uh, Robert W. Morgan, who first passed. Yeah, and then the real Don Steele passed. They were both on the station at the same time, so they brought in Shotgun to cover afternoons for for Steele, okay. and uh, Charlie Van Dyke for a while uh, hand- handled uh, mornings on uh, on K- K- earth Excuse me. I remember <laughs> going down to. <laughs> I am Flemboy.
3: Yeah, we don't have our, our cough mic. Well, so let's all cough at the same time. Oh sure. Yeah.
2: Really, I don't have any. Really, I don't have anything. Does right. this sweat bother you? Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> you know what
1: MacDuff told me one time. I'm afraid to ask. Yes. I will never, ever forget <laughs> this line because you don't have really too many chances yeah. to use what, it. What
2: the I'm radioactive wanna shake <laughs> line? No. <laughs> no.
1: Oh, he said, for being so big and fat. You really don't sweat and smell that bad. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Who said that? McDuff, McDuff said that? Oh, my God. That McDuff. sounds like
2: something that would oh come from Doug.
3: not a God. He not a
1: classic? He, he always had a, oh a, a
2: punchline for everything.
1: <laughs> I remember going out to Los Angeles for a trade show, and, you know, you get off the plane, you get your rental car and sure. whatever, you go off to the place to set up your booth. I flip on the radio, and, you know, whatever they've got on, they've got on. Right. 99%. I go into a rental car, and it's a Mexican station. In all defense, those are the guys that are cleaning out the cars and moving the cars around. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah.
2: You find that at the car wash, yeah. Yeah,
1: not this time. I flipped on the radio, and it was Gary Owens. Oh, wow. okay. And I thought that was so stinking yeah, weird because yeah. I always heard recordings of him.
2: Well, he, he was a very successful disc jockey out in Los oh, Angeles yeah. for years. Oh, yeah.
1: So, and, you know, you're used to seeing him out laughing. So I flip around, I flip around, I go, oh, geez, I've got a great big can of buckets here. Let's go. Let's go. And Rick Dees was another mm-hmm. time when I was in Los Angeles. L- not sure. Yeah. Not the exact same I mean, time. He was doing
2: time. doing Kiss at that point? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Because he did uh, KHJ before Kiss.
1: Yeah. And Rick Dees is now doing commercials,
2: but uh, he introduced himself. Guess, guess you won't be buying it, huh? No, <laughs> no. It was some kind of a nationwide
1: <laughs> thing. And he, you know, I don't know. It's maybe selling insurance or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Like uh, Jimmy, what's his name? Mike. Oh, please. I know. Stop. And Joan Namath Please and, make it stop. I know. All those guys. <laughs> so let's not put sorry, the radio sorry, guys.
2: Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, J.J. <laughs> is, is not dynamite anymore. It's, yeah. Is it Walker? J, uh, it's Jimmy it's Walker. Walker. Jimmy Walker, yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: All right, sounds good. All yeah. right, so back to radio and back to WRO.
2: Well, well, do you, well since you parked me in Los Angeles, I'm going to have to mention some names <laughs> gotta of, of people.
3: Got to do some name dropping yeah, there, you know?
2: Yeah, well, you know I used to work with John Driscoll at uh, ZUU in Milwaukee. I do
1: not know that name. Well,
2: not John, what a guy, Driscoll? Mm-mm. From CFL, he did nights at CFL in the mid seventies. Where were you? You, I, you were I, within the signal. Come no, on!
1: No, no, I was at WLS.
2: No, that's where I was. Well, CFL were the bad boys going up against LS. <laughs> Actually, I loved them both. Both were really good. That CFL LS battle in the seventies. Uh, oh yeah. One would top the other. It just kept getting better and better. You yeah. know.
1: And the big robbery was when they pursued uh, Larry Lujack. You know, when he swapped camps. That was the big thing.
2: Well, yeah. Uh, when CFL got Lou Jack, I can tell you the story behind that because it's in Larry's book. Apparently the GM at LS was not the uh, more, most cordial, and so negotiation time came around, and uh, they were like, I don't know, $5,000 apart. Okay. He oh. wouldn't put down. John Rook, who was the former WLSPD and now newly hired consultant at CFL, brought Larry across the street. Brought one other with him, Chris Eric Stevens. For five thousand dollars more, uh, CFL got him. LS lost him. Yeah. So uh, bye bye, superjock.
1: All right. So here's a story that again, three sixty, because you're talking early seventies, mid seventies. Uh, Larry something got something like
2: to, Larry's first shift at CFL was July fifth of seventy two.
1: Okay, so early seventies. So Chris Eric Stevens mm-hmm. is going to be coming back into Chicago. On the fourteenth of I'm, August, I know
2: about this. Yes, you do.
1: Yes, and it's the uh, Museum in, of Broadcast Communications. Displays is it? Yeah, I think it's the displays. It's a, like at a college auditorium or something <clears throat> like that. Yeah, and they're bringing back all these top jocks from the seventies. Whether they're going to do a keynote or a great big video and audio presentation, I have no idea. Yeah, you know, of course, it's for all of us boomers, and it's scheduled on a Sunday afternoon at three. <laughs> so you. <laughs> Yeah. I know, I know. But Chris Herrick Stevens is coming back. Uh, Tommy Edwards is coming back. Little Tommy. Yeah. Uh, Wendy Snyder is going to emcee the event. Wow. Yeah, and also they're bringing back... Uh, is
2: uh, I hear Landecker's going to be there.
1: Landecker and also Steve King. And they're bringing somebody, I can't remember her name. I, I didn't recognize the name from a long time ago. I think she's from WLW. I think, but these are not just Chicago people because obviously the museum. I, I,
2: I thought I saw uh, cousin Brucey from WABC yes. in New York is going to be there. It's
1: going to be there because the, the museum of broadcast. Oh sure, yeah, is it's nationwide. It's
2: a nationwide thing. So yeah. I think they just announced their uh, inductees today, didn't they?
1: I don't know that.
2: Recently, they did uh, some some you know th- this class. Oh. National, I thought I saw something on Facebook today. I could be wrong about uh, that. I'll look it up. Okay. But, uh, but uh, Broadway Bill Lee. Bill Lee, who used to work at WLOL in Minneapolis when I was up there. Oh, my. Yeah.
1: He's in the class? He's
2: working. He works at CBS FM now, but he's being inducted into the uh, radio, National Radio Hall of Fame, I think it Very is. Very nice. Yeah.
1: You know, when we were talking about pulling up cassettes and reel-to-reels and stuff <coughs> like that, I also, uh, when I first went to the museum before they moved, I was able to get in the gift shop maybe a pack of, I don't know, 25, like, sport cards. It was whoever was in the Hall of Fame. Sure. So you've got a sport card, and you flip over, and here's the little history thing of— Yeah,
2: they're kind of like baseball cards. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Paul Harvey and Yvonne Daniels and Wally Phillips and on and on and Casey Kasem and Wolfman Jack. And it was just such a cool packet of cards And, you know, I'm like 19 years old, so, you know, I was in the baseball card collecting mode anyway. Mm -hmm. I've still got them.
2: They are even more valuable now because you've obviously grown since then. You've learned a few things along the way, and they have more meaning to you Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. You didn't realize what you had at the time.
1: You know, when I'm leaving here today with you and Liz, Mm -hmm. I am going to go down to the Rockford Coin, Stamp, and Cards store at Five
2: Points. Are you a numismatist or a philatelist? (laughs)
1: Uh, good question. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, Bill doesn't know me well, but you know me really well, and both of you are stumbled on that one, aren't <laughs> you? Oh, I know. I know the. <laughs> that's I,
2: hilarious. I a numismatist, I believe, is a stamp collector, and a philatelist is a coin collector. It could or it could be the other way around.
1: I'm a card collector.
2: Oh, okay. So
1: neither. So. <coughs> yeah. So sometimes my car. So so you're a novelist. Okay, I got it. I or got that it. idiot that puts it in the in the runs of your uh, bicycle. <laughs> Good. <laughs> oh, God. but it makes such fun noise. Oh yeah. Just yeah. get some
2: clothespins and put the cards in.
1: Yeah, not worth it. You know, sometimes my car turns into that place just all by itself. It's
2: amazing how that happens. It is. Like like you got it programmed or something. It is. Yeah, so yeah. when I was
1: in there last time, I picked up some really nice cards from 1971, some cubs, but then I got Frank Robinson and Boot Powell and some of those other guys. And I just happened to ask this guy. I have no idea why I asked. Nothing that I saw around made me think of this. By any chance, do you guys have any Danica Patrick cards? Because you have football, basketball, and all tennis, and all kinds. Yeah, do you have a race card? I've known her since she was 15. You, goes, you know her? Yeah. I said, by chance, do you have any? He goes, no, but I almost guessed that we've got him at our Freeport store. He says, I'll call over. Give me your number. And if... So here it is. A week later, and he called me just before I walked in here, and he goes, "I've got six of them. Here's the thing." Here's <laughs> no the thing. kidding. He goes, "I've got six of them, and I'll sell all of them to you for three dollars. Not three. Oh
3: my god.
2: Not
1: not three dollars a piece." <laughs> and I go, "I'll be right over." The whole our... the whole oh batch for gosh. three bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what shape they're in. It doesn't matter. But I feel like I need something. From somebody that's been that successful, and I've known her since she was 15. Yeah.
2: So next time you see her, you go, look, look what I got. Yeah. And it only cost me three bucks.
3: And then you can never don't sign you, it.
2: Don't you feel valuable now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah, exactly <laughs> a, yeah. That's exactly it. That's thing. a good story. That's <laughs> a good story. So that's what I'm doing. It's today. too bad she's not going to like you anymore. I know, right?
1: <laughs> By the way, she has a, um, a podcast now where she interviews some of the top sports people, not just uh, auto racing. Because she's in that crowd. She, sure. She was MC of the Aspies and stuff like that. So she knows the people. She dated uh, Aaron Rodgers for a while. For a while, yeah, right. yeah. And it's called Pretty Intense. And That's I cool. love that. That's movie. a great name. I love that play yeah. on words.
2: She is pretty and she's damn intense. Oh, she
1: yeah, gets she that from her dad. It. Yeah. TJ is, oh my God. If he disagrees with you, stay out of the He's way. He's the
2: watchdog, huh? Uh,
1: no, this is way before... They were my customers. They, if you needed a a new front door or plate glass window in your business, that's what they did. Okay. Yeah. And I remember I was sitting in an um, uh, an appointment with her mother, Bev, because we did promotional products for her. And here comes these two girls, again, 15 and maybe Brooke was 13. And they're in bikinis for crying out loud. Well, it was the summer. Uh, Danica was back from England because she did all of her uh, go-kart racing over there in preparing for the career that she would have because they wouldn't let her do it here. Sweaty, hot, 90 degrees. Their job was when they brought back the windows and brought back the frame doors, they had to break them apart for glass and aluminum. And that was their summer job.
2: Wow. So they were basically recycling the old ones. They were. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's hard work. It is. That's very it hard is. work. And these two yeah.
1: girls were just—they jumped right in, grabbed the rubber gloves, and went for it.
2: Boy, they were doers. Yeah. Well, look, look where it got her. That attitude obviously uh, kept going. You yeah. know.
1: She's intense.
2: The funny thing happened one afternoon when I was on the air. We had a line of severe <laughs> thunderstorms come through. Oh. And uh, one of the towers near the building took a direct lightning hit. So I'm on the air, and all of a sudden. Every cart machine on the board, because I had everything loaded up to go, is oh. playing at one time. So I'm no, trying to get all my no. pod stock well, It's not that one. Let's try that one. Well, maybe that one. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, it, I mean, and I had my headphones on, and I, you could hear the oh. you could hear the crackle, and then kaboom! Oh no! And then all, and then, and fortunately, I think everything was okay. Uh, the building went dark for a second. I think we went on backup generator for a moment.
1: Was this WR okay? We, oh yeah. Oh, Yeah,
2: because as you know, the towers are right behind the yeah. yeah.
1: What was the status of ZOK at the time?
2: Honestly, I don't know because I was dealing with ROK. Okay,
1: but it was way beyond automation.
2: Oh gosh, yeah,
1: yeah. You had somebody crapping their pants over on the F probably. Yeah, yeah. And they had a full view of it because that's well, where sure because back.
2: the yeah uh, out of yeah. out of the ZOK studio window. Yeah, you yeah. were looking right at the tower. <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: I, you remember Rick Carner
2: very well, Spiff,
1: okay. most creative guy I think I have uh, ever
2: met. One of the well, I gave, remember I gave you the. Uh, the, the memo from him? Yes. Wait, yeah. That was, that's classic Carner.
1: Oh, fantastic in-house stuff that he did. Really, really creative. So Spiff Dingle was also. That was his air name yeah, with Randy,
2: Randy Cook. With Randy Cook. Yeah. All right. So, okay.
1: so here we are digging up all this stuff. And I can show you the, the photo that's out on the table there. Rick somehow, I don't know how this ever happened or who he had to convince, but he took the Marty and he climbed the tower during the morning show. Well, somebody, now keep in mind, this is back in the day where you don't have drones. This is
2: like 85, yeah. And
1: you don't have cell phones with, you know, the little selfie sticks or any of that kind of crap. So somehow this photo is taken above him as he's climbing the tower and you see the radio station in the background. Of course, he's going, you know, for breaks and stuff. And he goes, I have an alert. I have an alert. And Randy goes, why? Wow, what's the deal? What's the problem? Dave Salisbury, attention, Dave Salisbury, your lights are on. (laughs)
2: Gosh. <laughs> he spotted lights, <laughs> car lights from the tower. Oh, my gosh. He's probably so up, funny. what, you know, 150 feet. Yeah. That's so who, for t- it. who took the picture? I don't know. That's what I Is it possible find. he did it? Because, I mean, he's... he's well, be...
3: 85. We wouldn't have had cell phone. No, no. It would have, have to have been a,
2: it would have to have been an Instamatic or a 35 millimeter but or it's... somebody above him with a camera. But it's not like it was arm's length.
1: I'll show you the picture when you. Yeah, okay. It's much higher than that. It's like I don't know how you pulled this
3: off. Unless he went up there and did it automatic, you know, did it himself or had somebody up there ahead of time too. Maybe an engineer.
2: It could have been one of the tower guys above him.
0: Yeah,
1: he might have been able to go up there because they were
2: because they were changing changing a -hmm. a lamp or something. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's possible. You know what? That's that's because
2: because if he's climbing that tower and it's on, he is Don King. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I know, and Rick that, never really had a whole lot of no, hair. No, no, and what little he had left would be sticking straight up. Yeah, yeah. Great guy. Yeah, Rick is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, he's down in
1: Atlanta. Mm, yep, still. He, he is uh, not on the radio. But he's he, retired. He is a fabulous photographer.
2: I've seen a lot of his pictures. Oh, yeah,
1: and he will just go out and just start walking. Yeah, he's, to state near, he's, park.
2: Near, he's near that state park, and he takes pictures of uh, of deer and birds and you name it. Oh, everything. A, that he, camera, that camera just hits everywhere. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, in, he's, he's very good. He's incredibly good. talented. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, the, I he,
1: would love to see him if uh, if I'm sort of headed that way. There's maybe a half a dozen radio people in that Atlanta area from, yeah. that I know, and I don't know near as many people as you do that are in that area that I could. Could visit well, Randy
2: right. Cook, of course, still lives there. Yeah, uh,
1: Randy Osborne is down there. Okay. Yep. Remember, do you remember Tony Clyburn? No. Tony was uh, WLUV when I was there, when I was like 17, this, this, 18 years old. This
2: predates me coming to Rockford. Oh,
1: gotcha. Okay. Well, then he went on to WYFE. He was in the newsroom. Uh, he went on to Baton Rouge and Orlando, but he's been 30 years in Columbia, South Carolina at 93.1 The Lake. And because of... Heart Radio and smart speakers and stuff like that. I listen to him about two, three times a week.
2: Still and, sounding good? Oh, he's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, very cool. Um, yeah. yeah, I got. I know. I know folks in Atlanta as well. I almost imported them into my station in Charleston as the morning team.
1: Were you, were you five thousand dollars apart?
2: No, no, it had nothing to do with. Well, <laughs> no, there was there was a budget set for it, but uh, you could import talent from one market to another.
1: Owned by the same ownership. Um, yeah, Clear Channel oh. at the time. Yeah. Oh.
2: Yeah. Later, iHeart. But yeah. Wow. I was the PD of XLY in Charleston, and we were thinking of maybe bringing in Randy and Spiff to do mornings.
1: So, would you swap your morning team for theirs? Or? I was
2: the morning team. I needed to get off the air and program.
1: Oh, oh. But then that leaves them with a hole.
2: No, because they were oh. they were basically tracking it and sending it our way. Gotcha. It wasn't it Fine. wasn't a, a feed of their morning show in Atlanta. Okay. It was them voice tracking. Oh, okay. uh, specifically for Charleston. Now I understand, yeah.
1: and that's probably when voice tracking was very, very much in. Its I infancy. was,
2: I was, I was doing afternoons in Charleston, middays in Charlotte, and uh, one other station. I think I was doing. I can't remember where it was. My I, goodness, I did some stuff for St. Louis too. Do I you think. like doing that?
3: Isn't it fun though?
2: Well, yeah, it's it's fun, but it, I, I I think I know where Tim's going here. Okay, it's fun to voice track if you know how to voice track, and what I mean by that. Okay is if you can take voice tracks and sound authentic and real, like I do with the morning show, give time checks and talk about things that are relevant to your audience, Mm -hmm. you can make it sound like you're standing there pushing buttons, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If you're just, you know, doing basics, well, that was, this is, here we are, whoop-dee-frickin'-do. Here's Fleetwood Mac. That's, you know, that's the problem with radio. Too few people doing too many things, therefore not putting the time and effort into what they need to do to make it sound right. That's it. Nothing's compelling about it. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just radio. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's all businesses. It's a lot of businesses where you're yeah. used to going in there, and there's 50 people, and it's a beehive. And now you walk in, and it's like walking into well, it's, a, it, a, a funeral home. It's tumbleweeds. Yeah, and there's six people. Yeah, and, and they don't have enough time to do anything extra. No. And you know, I mean, rewind a little bit to the fun stuff that Rick Carner and those guys used to do. Holy cow! Oh
2: yeah. Well, I said I said last time I was here. I remember the first time I walked in the building, I heard people laughing, yeah, having a good time, yeah. enjoying what they did, mm-hmm. you know, talking to one another in the break room.
1: Huge difference,
2: you know. I mean, they were probably throwing spitballs behind my back as I was walking <laughs> through, but that's okay because that's what you want. That's the atmosphere you want because it's creative, it's fun. People should be able to let loose and have a good time. That's it. I mean, uh, two words will greatly identify that. Wine suck.
3: <laughs> exactly. Have you know. got stories for your wine sucks? Uh, did, we, did we ever go to wine oh, sucks? No, what they were we? no, no
2: that's not that that is <laughs> no, that's not the question. The question is, did we ever miss one?
4: Oh there you <laughs> go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. That's a yeah, better
2: I, question. I I, like, I, no, I told you the Doug McDuff story where uh, I was in mister Nolte's office during the wine suck and no I was not drinking. I had to be on the air at ten o'clock that night. But Doug came came to me that the following Monday, you know, basically told me, Well what did what did you say to Mr Nolte to get him so upset? Oh. And, you know, I thought, what are you talking about? You uh, here's know?
1: your chance to drag Doug through oh, the mud.
2: Yeah, well, I, I, I mentioned it last time. And yeah, uh, yep. so he basically hung me out to drive for a while and finally said, nah, nothing happened, I was just messing with you. Yeah, yeah, I with that. yeah that's Doug. Thanks, <laughs> Doug.
1: <laughs> I thought he was really concerned and then you could have fed him a whole lot. Well,
2: I, I apparently naive me who just started there and didn't want to lose his job <laughs> right away, you know, just kind of took it and gulped real hard. <laughs> I guess my time here is going to be short.
1: Nobody wants to lose a job to the guy that doesn't smell that bad and doesn't but sweat that much. But we <laughs> didn't
2: But we did well we didn't know it at the time. What yeah. he did to me stunk. Oh yeah. No, I was it was, oh, it yeah. was fine. He was, oh, just, yes. he was just He was just you was just, you know, he That's was doing mind job. mess, you know. Yeah.
1: yeah. I I had a uh, air check that I found on a cassette that was actually broke and I had to sort of pull it in and pull it apart and you know that very very fine and of course it's what 1981 or something like that very fine uh tape and I patched it all back together and here it is Doug doing afternoons on WROK this is before he became part of the sales team in the morning show so he's doing afternoons Kelly Ryan I think was doing she was doing middays yeah Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. because
2: remember I replaced Doug in afternoons when he made the move to mornings with Bill
1: there you go And I can't remember why I would have been in the studio, but he said, uh, well, it's time to put a brand new song on the turntable. And he didn't care what I brought him because he was gonna make fun of it. So it was some weird title. It was somebody you've never heard of. And, of course, you know, you had to pull the whole yeah, took the, big take thing. The, take the cover off, yeah. put it to the side, yeah. put the needle. Yeah, yeah the I, whole nine yards.
2: I <laughs> used to play records on the cruise that we didn't have on cart, and, oh. we, and we had a lot of stuff on cart.
1: Well, yeah. here's this song, that's boom, 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 boom. I mean, just heavy, heavy, heavy. And, of course, he's making fun of it, making fun of it. And he goes, well, that needs to go back in the file, Tim. I go, really? Really? You want me to file this? And he goes, yeah, file 13. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we don't take that back to the
2: music you're <laughs> yeah, No, that goes in the bonfire.
1: Yeah.
2: Jackson Brown, Somebody's Baby on WR. Okay, 45 degrees at 228. And now, the McDuff Mystery Record of the Day. Here we go.
4: baby. <laughs> Uh I'll
2: see why they didn't put a label on it. i I I give it a seven. You can dance to it, yeah. Great. Great. Okay, uh, Tim, you want to put that back in the shelf there for a while? Yeah, I'll put that in the circular file. Yeah, would you do that for me? Thank you very much. Uh, 45 degrees, McDuff (laughs) WROK.
1: So that was sort of fun. Yeah, to find that little
2: tidbit. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, Doug was just, uh, just well, he was wonderful. When when I assumed the afternoon job and he was there to kind of show me the ropes and then move on to mornings, we had a blast doing the afternoon show together. Good.
1: Who followed you? Was that Lee Carrick? Lee
2: Carrick. Really? Yep. He was doing the talk from six till nine or ten. Ten. Six to ten.
1: And then did we bring on Bruce Williams and Sally Jesse?
2: No, no, no. That was much later. Okay. Uh, I'm talking 84, early 85. Um, Then we had a jock from 10 till midnight, and then Bobby B. was covering the overnights. Yeah, Bobby B.
1: Soder. Yeah. You know, I've got this uh, story about Lee Carrick. Did you work with him long?
2: Uh, Well, as long as I was there, so almost a year. Almost a year. Okay. Yeah.
1: So here I'm doing middays on WROK. I guess the news department was short on people. Everybody was assigned to something else, middle of the afternoon, and the call came in that literally on Alpine, you know when you take the dip down to Alpine where uh, Arnold Palmer Putting Green was?
2: Yeah, where the water bedroom store was down there. Yes, exactly, same area.
1: And Lee goes, well, I'll take it. It was a car crash. He comes back, and I said, Lee, you didn't have any kind of a report or anything? He goes, no... You know, Lee, he goes, no, it was a head on crash and one guy died. Well, damn Lee, that's a story. Yeah. What the hell? What happened to the other guy? Oh, you know, he was like a 70 year old guy. He looked pretty old though. And he, everything was flippant. He goes, he was, he was pretty badly bruised, but the other guy died and it's, it's just a mess. They're cleaning up, you know, this mangled mess of these two cars. Yeah, no doubt. On Alpine at, th- at like one yeah. thirty yeah. in the yeah. afternoon. That that, that
2: state and Alpine light, you could read War and Peace waiting for that thing to yeah, change. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, of course, no story, no nothing. He didn't do anything. He goes, eh, I'm just going out there. I'm doing the news department a favor. You know, eh, 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 eh. nothing, nothing, nothing. Mm-hmm. So, of course, Pressman gets back. Fred Spear gets back.
2: Yeah, I would think Fred would have something to say yeah, about that.
1: They're hearing all this stuff, and they're going, Lee, what the hell? Are you kidding me? This is a story. You know who that person turned out to be that did not get killed but had bruises over 90% of his body?
2: Mm.
1: My 90 year old grandfather.
2: No kidding. Oh. Wow. Damn. I had no clue. None. D- is it possible that Lee shielded that from you to oh, protect you? I was just thinking Hell that.
1: Hell no. Oh, okay. No. no. no Lee I was, was the most that. direct person. What do you think? Ha! 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 Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Call me now. Call me now. Ha! <laughs> Yeah. All right. Lee I'm was the sure. most direct person. Yeah, I know.
2: He was yeah. he was in your face all the time. Yeah. So
1: anyway, that's my Lee story. <laughs> that's, I wish it was more cheery. Well
2: but no. It should have been reported because that was a major story. Even if the, at the very least he went out there, he mentions what he saw. Names of the victims were are being held until we can notify relatives. Exactly. exactly. If you if you're out on Alpine head in that direction, avoid the area, there are detours set up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Let's move on. Thank you. You know, that's all you needed
3: to do. Who, what, where, when, and why. Yes.
2: Give me the facts, Jack. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a shame you weren't the news director
1: at the time who was in the room because you probably would have reamed him a good one.
2: Uh, (laughs) I probably would have. uh, Yeah, I would have. uh,
1: And what are the chances that all the guys were gone?
2: They could have been out covering something else. Oh, they were. It oh. Was, that, was it like an election day or something? Were they out covering no, other stuff? Or
1: No, just, you know. Just busy. Just, yeah, just stories. Well, they know. were always
2: scouting stories. Yeah,
1: and, you know, the moons line up.
2: Can't well. be everywhere all at once. No, well, Fred is. Well, well <laughs> except for Fred, the water bug of fire reports. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there goes Fred. Wait a minute. What was that white? That was Fred. That was a little white streak that just went by. Yep. He yep, was yep. he was amazing. God love Fred.
1: Yeah, he's great. Okay.
2: Okay. Favorite listener call, and I've had, I had a lot of them. Uh, obviously, the calls during the, during the cruise were good. The requests, yeah. those were always fun.
1: When I got the calls, they always had a memory tied to them. I want to request this song because that's what we danced to right. at prom. Or I want or, to dedicate this to my wife, yes. who I
2: met while this song was yes. current, playing on the radio. Yeah, great um, stories. Yeah, uh, I told you about the Kipadada, which is on that disc, by the way. Wet Dream. Yes,
1: that is a great parody. Liz, have you heard that song?
2: What you need to do is oh. you need to download that file okay. and play it for her. Okay.
1: All
2: right. All right. I'll, All right. I'll just, I'll just let, that, let that roll because you will enjoy what I did with the post-production. Anyway, you'll, you'll enjoy it. Okay, okay. It's good. It's going to take you an hour and 26 minutes to listen to the whole thing. But I think you're going to like what, you, what, I, what I did. Okay? <laughs> All right. Uh, we were talking about phone calls. Obviously, the callers on the cruise were great. Obviously, the fact that we were taking phone calls and the phone lines were going constantly. I mean, the phone lines would start lighting up at about 530. I'd get on the air at six and they'd never stop till midnight. That's how busy that show was. Yeah. It was great.
1: It was a great show. That's that's where I cut my teeth because that's where Johnny Marks and I were were doing the Saturday Night Cruise because I was a part timer, I did three part time shifts in one weekend and then drove back to NIU. And that was the highlight of my three shifts. The Saturday night cruise was the most fun.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I loved doing afternoons, which was you know high profile, personality, a lot of interviews, mm-hmm. some music, a lot of phone calls, a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of show prep, as we talked about last time. But the, the cruise was just a chance to let the hair down, let it loose, and have fun. Yes, you know, and I did that for six hours, and that was a that was a grind because two minute records. Wait a minute, you were doing all six hours? Yeah. Oh, six till midnight. Oh my. By myself.
0: Oh, did, no my. producer.
1: Well, no, we did. We I still don't even know what a producer is. No, nah. I think it's weird that Liz is over there watching the board while we talk, because uh, we didn't have anybody doing no, that. We no. had the meters bouncing no, in front of us.
2: No, we had to run our own everything. You yeah. know, pulling the music. Uh, but you know that was part of the energy, wasn't oh, it? Oh, it kept you going.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. But boy, I'll tell you, those two minute songs for six hours. Oh, yeah. I feel your pain. Holy well, the, the good
2: news is I know that music inside and out, and it wasn't that big of a deal for me. It was fun putting it together. You know, technically. Uh, with board hopping and everything else, that could be a challenge sometimes because there was so much going on.
1: Yeah. There's a lot that had to be in your head.
2: Start one record, spin around, and start the next one.
1: There's a lot that had to be in your head back then, which obviously, you know, that sort of separates the men from the boys. Well, I've retained, certain-
2: like, I'm happy to say I've retained a lot of it. Because you couldn't just
1: spin around and Google it.
2: No. If you go, hey,
1: give me some trivia you're the, you're the, on, the, you know, the, the Turtles.
2: You either know it or you don't. Yeah. But, you know, there was a lot of studying. Uh, loving the music before I played it as a disc jockey helped because that's how i got into radio i I collected the music first Mm -hmm. and then thought gee this would be fun to play some of this stuff
4: (laughs) you know and then
2: then then of course you hear other people doing it having a good time with it you 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 mold yourself after you know john records landeckers your larry Luchak's, your bob surratt's your fred winston's your tommy edwards your j.j jeffries (laughs) uh you know i know I, I, i have tape on all of them great stations. Yeah. Uh, but radio back then was so much fun. It was so energetic. Mm-hmm. I and say that
3: to Tim all the time. Yeah. Radio is more fun. Yeah, well, we, mm-hmm.
2: we, And we were lucky to get in on the tail end of AM Music Radio and then move to FM, of course.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. We had good people to mold ourselves after. Mm-hmm. There was a farm system in place. Smaller market would go to bigger market, which would yes. possibly advance you to bigger market. And some of us were lucky enough to quantum leap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. I mean, John Landecker only had like two or three jobs before he went to LS. Isn't that crazy? Yeah.
1: Again, with that YouTube thing where it says, well, you know, if you like this, you might like this. I saw a YouTube session where John Records Landecker was interviewing Art Volo yep. on, 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 GN. on WGN. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. He's the guy that went around for decades and still does and videotapes top radio announcers because nobody ever sees them.
4: Right. And so
1: right. Art Volo's going, you know what? These people are sort of fun to watch in the studio, and let's videotape these. Well, thank
2: God he's done this. Yeah, and he started that in the mid-'70s in black-and-white black yes. videotape. Yes, But he, he made his money to afford to be able to do all the traveling to do that with a thing that he created called the Radio Guide.
1: Oh, yes.
2: So wherever you went in the country, you knew where the top 40 stations were. That was Art's doing.
1: Because if you know if you faded out one... And your signal was going out. Well, if I want something similar and I'm going into Kansas, yeah, but, what do I tune into? Yeah. And that's what he produced. And, and they of, put uh, them at truck stops and yep, gas yep, stations yep. and, and he, stuff like he that. he racked
2: them all over the place. You know, they've known each other since... Since they, high school. Since they were two In years. Michigan, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, since it's, they were 15 years old. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great interview.
1: I'm so glad that Art has done that because he ended up getting the last recording of people like Paul Harvey yeah. and Larry Lujak, yeah. you know, whenever they're at a... Not knowing banquet. at the time that that no, would be the last. Mm-hmm. of course not. No. Uh, how are you going to know? And, of course, they reamed the people that were jerks that would not let them in and i can't remember who they mentioned but it's like come on really you're that much of an egotist yeah
2: that's yeah, just silly
1: yeah and and they just said well eh, it's their loss it's not our loss i got plenty of other opportunities mm-hmm. you know it's their loss exactly right whoever they were
2: yeah right. another great phone interview i did was on halloween that's at the height of the ghostbusters movie in oh, 84 okay okay so there was a lot of interest in you know ghosts and ghost uh, ghost hunting and so on and so forth and there was a place in st louis called Haunt hunters, and they would uh, actually, you know, kind of like the ghost hunters you see now on on cable, Mm -hmm. where they go in the house, they didn't have all the the sophisticated equipment that they have now, then, Mm -hmm. but... They relied on (laughs) heebie-jeebies. Yes, and uh, heebie-jeebies they did. Well, so I'm talking to this guy from Haunt Hunters in St. Louis, and I'm playing all kinds of spooky stuff in between, you know, when I'm not doing the interview. All of a sudden, people from Rockford start calling about haunted houses around here.
1: Ooh. Which was really cool. Yeah. So
2: I got to find that air check. I've got it somewhere. They've
1: actually published a book about the haunted houses in Rockford. There was really? there was one in yes. particular.
2: I can't remember where it was. Was it in Was it in Mcchesney Park or on the West End? I can't remember. But I remember people people calling me about it and you know saying, "Yeah, we well, yeah this place is really haunted." And we've seen it, and it, it's like, "Wow, okay, that's yeah. cool." You know, yeah. So I kind of opened up, and no pun intended. Kind of opened up a little Pandora's box on that topic, <laughs> uh, and I was playing bits and pieces from an old radio show. It was called "Drop Dead," <laughs> an exercise in horror from the forties. Oh my! The guy's name was Arch Obler. It was a radio program in the forties. How
1: did you get a hold? Of I that? have,
2: I have the album of oh. of, of, of the best bits. <laughs> oh wow! Oh God. yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and then I then I played, and I got and I got this from a good friend of mine up in Milwaukee, uh, Jonathan Green. He got a hold of it because he was part of the Armed Forces Network in Germany. Oh. Back in the early '50s, they had put two guys in Frankenstein's Castle in Germany, and did a did a live broadcast on Halloween. Come oh, on. really? And, and I and I have a recording of that, and I played it on Halloween. It is it is it'll make the hair on your back stand up. Oh, guy my. actually faints and passes out because he's so scared really? on the air all over Europe. Wow, on the Armed Forces Network.
1: I can't remember who the program director was, and I can't remember if I've mentioned this to somebody during some of our sessions, but it was the weirdest idea that on Halloween night, this program director said, I want you, meaning me, mm-hmm. and Bill Phillips, so there's the extremes right there, yeah, to do a show from nine until midnight on Halloween night in this particular house that we know is haunted, mm-hmm. And it's down by, um, you know, where Prairie uh, Brewery Company Roughly, is? Roughly, yeah. Okay. yeah. It's down, so
2: it's down not far from the river. Yeah. yeah, so
1: it's it's two blocks from there, basically. Right, okay. And it's, you know, it's an old Victorian double story house. And I was like okay, okay, all right. They set us up in the um, attic. And here we are. We're all prepped. We've got our Halloween stories. We've got our spooky this and spooky that. And these two guys that are completely covered in black are in costume as ninja
2: warriors. (laughs) Yeah, I know what's coming. They walk
1: in, and they do not break character, and we thought we were going to get our asses kicked. Yeah, I bet. And I have never (laughs) seen Bill Phillips literally sweat, because he was speechless. He didn't know what to do, because they were not breaking character. Hey, hey, nice... Nice costume. No. Hey. Yeah. 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 They were playing it up. They were demons. <laughs> and, yeah. And then all of a sudden, poof, they left. No high bye, kiss my butt, nothing. And Bill and I looked at each other going, We will never do this again. <laughs> never. Oh, and no. I can't I can't remember who the program director was or whose what, idea what was. What year was it? It would have been nineteen eighty five.
2: Could it have been Kipper?
1: <laughs> if it was i will draw him to the carpet on this. i don't one. know so I don't kipper know. does this sound familiar to you no. could this
2: possibly have been your this, idea this, this was after my uh, and i use the word loosely departure all right guess what time it is folks
3: what time is it it's
2: time for me to turn the tables on you
3: Ooh, oh my. didn't know that was gonna happen uh okay.
2: I, pl- I i this is my evil plot Okay. You asked me a lot about me and my experience at R.O.K. and C.U.K. I don't know anything about Liz aside the fact that she worked there in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. I know she worked, no, was it KCRG or KGRC? KGRC. Uh, Great River Country, mm-hmm. Hannibal Quincy. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it wasn't country at that time. No, no, was no, it was, it was Great River Country in the early 70s, I think.
3: Yeah. How do well, you know that? I was there. Because um, I do my homework. Yeah. Oh. I did a media day. That's how I actually got involved with radio. That's how the, where the bug bit me. So that would have been in like 77, 78, 79. But I actually went on the air weekends, 80, 81 ish, mm-hmm. summertime about that time, and yeah. then full time in 83 after I left college. Okay. So, okay. And how did and you. It was, it was ADC, it wasn't country. It was right. AC. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, you would sound good doing any format. You have an excellent oh, voice. You. How did you end up at ROK, ZOK?
3: I went from, well, okay, so good question. I'd be playing Casey Casey and all that good stuff on KGRC. And oh, you there, were part of
2: the, uh, the Sunday Morning I God was, Squad? Yeah, yeah okay. I was
3: part of that for a little bit. And then I, I did overnights for a while, and then I did night times. But I was also doing copywriting. Well, then friends of mine who started a station in Quincy, WQCY. Mm-hmm. So I was one of the, the original people there, original staff. So I was 7 to midnight on WQCY. And decided I, I wanted to move up a little bit. And I wanted to be the best female jock in one of the top three markets. Yeah. So it was either New York, L.A. or Chicago. And I really didn't feel like being in New York or L.A. <laughs> Chicago was going to be it. Right. But I just kind of moved from place to place. Uh, so I went, sent out lots and lots of air checks. Mm-hmm. Obviously got lots of no's too. I was just green. Oh, we've I all been green.
2: there. We've all been there.
3: But ended up in Memphis, Tennessee doing overnights at a rock station. Now, mind you, I knew nothing about who the people are in the bands, like you're talking about who was in the Turtles. Sure. I knew of the bands, but not who was in them. I got a crash course on that. So uh, that station ended up being bought, uh, and then it turned into, uh, I think it was a CHR, actually. I think it was a CHR, and Rumble and Thrower, Rick Rumble and Scott Thrower, Rumble I and thrower. That was the morning team. Those are great I in was Memphis, gonna...
2: was this W M C? No, no, no. No.
3: This is um I don't I'll have to think back I can't remember right off the top of my head. <laughs> but anyway, they were the morning show and there was just two of us that were kept on. Everybody else got pink slips. Myself and Mike somebody or other who was also continuity, but he did weekends. So I actually was doing traffic and weekends and thought, okay, I love this, this is wonderful, but it's not getting me where I wanted to be, which is Chicago. Yeah, it's not enough. mm -mm. So at that point in time, I was putting feelers out and whatnot, and Greg Strassel actually hired me for WZOK for middays because Kathy Hart left. And the funny thing is, Kathy Hart was working for a program director who was in Buffalo, and he said to Kathy, is there anybody that you can think of because I need somebody here? And Kathy said, well, you might try Liz. She's been there for a while. Z-O-K. Sure. And sure enough, that's where I ended up working with him and was up in WB, or WKSE and then BUF in Buffalo. Very good. Yeah. Wow. And then back here.
2: So you got hired by Fast Eddie. Yeah. Who earlier had worked down in Evansville. Oh, wow. He worked for the Nolties down in Evansville.
1: Usually, when people say Fast Eddie, it's, it's that was his air name. I know, yeah. but it's like a it's like a street drug deal. No, 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 in, no, no, no. In no. radio, yeah. if you know a Fast Eddie, that's a good thing.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Fast Eddie and John Ivy oh. and I both arrived at the same time. So is we John still there. in L.A.? Yes. At Kiss. I'm not quite sure where he is. I
2: know. I, I remember him being at Kiss at some at some point. And
3: yeah, is in Boston area.
2: Uh, no, he he's in, in Minneapolis. Minneapolis. He's yeah. he's Group PD for Hubbard. Oh really? Yes. Oh yeah, okay. really. Okay. He's doing very well. Yeah. That's
3: that was the last I knew of him was in the New England area.
2: Okay, so you were on the air at ZOK. I was a ZOK. Girl. Bo- I was not an ROK. Booked to uh, to Buffalo, but you ended up back here.
3: I ended up back here because. In, in what st- capacity? Uh, well, first I went to sales at the country station, and then I ended up going back on the air to W, WRWC. I don't. It's changed names and. It's B one hundred and three now. It's B one oh three. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: But see, but see, she's in sales because they had acquired WXXQ which is Q98.5 right. yeah. and yeah. Steve Summers was you know
3: transitioning
2: The Old Rock 99 yeah, yeah and
3: to Steve like was that. a very good friend of mine and at that point in time I had started to do a lot of voiceover work and was getting a lot independent work so I thought I you know I really would like to have my own voiceover company I really would like to mm-hmm. do that so I started building a studio and building uh, I wanted to build the studio and and at that point in time I didn't know the sales end of it I knew the production end of it and I thought okay i um, first of all, leaving Buffalo because both stations that I was at, <laughs> the second one is bought and sold, bought and sold. So I'm like, eh, okay, yeah, there time was, to go. There
2: was a lot of that going around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Who owns uh, me today? Let me see.
3: Exactly, exactly. So I thought, well, I'm coming back to Rockford because A, I know the area, B, I have family and friends here, and C, my name opened doors. So I used my name in sales. Why not? There you go. Sure. Everything you could. Makes sense. I made it for about a year and a half, and then I went up back on the air. Sales is not my forte. (laughs) (laughs) On Air was my forte. So that was my deal. So I I was on with B103 or Light 103 or whatever it was until 2000 when I got married to my husband. And the company that actually bought the station uh, was the Bob's. Cause they, oh Maverick, Maverick Media? Media, yeah. Yep. They were like, "Oh, we've been trying to hire you for a while." So we just bought true. you. Bought so we just the whole bought the station, station to yeah. hire. Yeah. Well,
2: that's one way. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That was
3: kind of the running joke. But I. Um, <laughs> that's cute. There was some legality issues, and and unfortunately, I was getting married in September, and everybody knew about it. You know, I was on the air talking about the whole nine yards, but I was not allowed to have that day off. I was having the, rest, the two weeks off, but that was the start of the Arbitron ratings book, and I was in tears and bawling, and he's like, "Liz, just quit." You know, if they don't appreciate you that much, just quit. I'm like, I never quit, never not had a job, quit, yeah. But that was a deal breaker. So that was a deal breaker. Yeah, well. I left, and I played house for a while and got bored and decided I really want to go. So I put my resumes and stuff in for part-time Chicago, thinking, oh, I'll just part-time, whatever. I ended up getting it at the light and did that for part-time, ended up doing full-time middays for about two months because Megan went on maternity leave. And then uh, met Robin Rock, who is still there, who I absolutely adore. Who's still on the air. And she's fabulous. Who was your, who was your PD? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. And you know, I'm not good. I, I have to, I'll have to tell you later because okay. I have no idea right now. This commute is killing me, and I, I'm a newlywed, and I want to be back home. Yeah, so yeah. We, you know, two hours I, in, two hours out. Yeah, that's a long enough haul. Enough yeah.
2: Enough. I mean, to fill in once in a while to do it would be fun, yeah. but yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we ended up building a studio in the house and mm-hmm. started.
1: There. Rest is history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. cool. So she does WoW broadcasting now. Yes. She does audiobooks. She does nationwide campaigns. Messages
3: uh, on hold, in store broadcasts, anything yes. anything that needs a voice.
2: Well, yeah, you, you, you definitely have a good one of those. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> <you>. <laughs> all right, Tim. After
3: all these Your years, turn, Tim. By
1: Your by turn. Way, by way, I have to show you guys something. Yeah. When I was uh, uh, putting up my phone to take a picture of Liz when she was talking to you, okay. Yes. I get this text message from Johnny Marks. Oh,
4: wow.
2: Okay. He was there before I came, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Early 80s. Yeah. So he
1: sends me this picture. Yeah. Now this is just minutes ago. He mm-hmm. sends me this picture and he says, "I'm cleaning out my cupboards. Do you have any interest in these? Take a look at those mugs." Oh my gosh! What are the mugs? The, remember the pedestal? M- no, this is way before your time. The pedestal mugs on R-O-K and R O K and Z O K. He's got a Bob and Tom mug. He's got a what's it? K M I Z. I don't know where that. Maybe that's a Madison station.
2: Fifteen fifty W H I T. That was the oldie station in Madison. It was. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he, Bob and Tom. There's the Z O K. Yeah. So and there's I, Z, two ZOK mugs. Well,
1: ones ones are OK and one's ZOK. You see it on on both sides. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah you just got to turn the, it to see the, the old other pedestal side. pedestal mugs, and yeah. then they also did black and gold pedestal versions of that. And of course, I text him back while you guys are talking. I says, Absolutely. I will. I'm not so sure I've got interest in the other ones, but I could find homes for them. Uh, oh, yeah. that's
4: really cool.
2: They, they, would yeah. make a, they would make a nice display. Yeah. You know? I Isn't mean, something? radio so, people do move around, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so you see, those are the sort of fringe benefits to the story. Sure. Studio people just crawl out they of the car. Just take all
2: their junk and send it your way. <laughs> yeah. I don't want this crap anymore. Give it to Tim. <laughs> He'll take it. <laughs>
1: Pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Wow, you know he just unsucked that up really quickly. So I, can, I, junk.
2: I can relate. How do you suppose I acquired some of the stuff that I got?
1: Well, that's true. Mm. That's true. You know, it's harder for me to say yes to something that's not flat. That takes up more space.
2: Yeah. Well, he's, where, where is Johnny these days? Madison, Wisconsin. So he can drive it to you, or he's going to pack it up and ship it, or
1: I'll, I'll just get it from you. him when I see him. Yeah. Next. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I go up there frequently. So right. anyway, it's just great hearing from him.
2: Very cool. Yeah. Now you and I worked together for sh- well, probably most of the time that I was there. Mm-hmm. And that was only you. Only you were part time at that point, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I was part time between eighty one and eighty two. Okay. Uh, because I was still at Northern Illinois University, and then when I wanted to go full time and there was just no space, then I started sending out all the resume tapes, you know, R and R. I looked at the ads, and I sent one to um, Charleston, West Virginia, to Bill Hagee, who just celebrated his 50th year in radio. And he basically hired me over the phone, and I pack up the U-Haul, and off Hmm. I go to Charleston, West Virginia in the fall, and it's gorgeous. And
2: what, what year was that?
1: That would have been the fall of 82, Thanksgiving of 82. Okay. And then I was down there for two years, and then um, I think it was Kipper that said, uh, "You know, we've got an opening," because that's what I was looking for. Yeah, and it's
2: probably after uh, uh, Kelly left, or after I left, or both of us left.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, I left.
2: I left in early '85, and then we then we. Got Kelly a couple months after that, so yeah. this would have been maybe well, I, May, June of 85.
1: Yeah, so no, you guys were there. So I, I, came, okay. back, I came back in the in the fall of 84 and did overnights because somebody, I think that's some right. Tom Gray, had let Bobby B go.
2: Right, yeah, I remember that.
1: Yeah, and so he told me at the time. And that's time, when Bobby
2: went up to Beloit, I think, Yes. or Janesville.
1: Yes, and Kipper told me, he says, this will not be long. Trust me, this will not be long. I go, okay, all right, fine. So I did it maybe three months or something mm-hmm. like that. And the midday shift opened up because of you guys leaving. Right. He said, uh, I need you to do middays one week, and then I'm going to have Jim Schaefer do middays the next week. Right. And that was the auditions. Jim was doing, I think, 9 to midnight at the time, and I was doing overnights. And I won the audition. That's how I finished out my radio career on middays at WROK. Yeah. And got to do a lot of really,
2: really cool stuff. Real cool stuff.
1: And so many really neat people. You can't replace that. And it's really hard to explain just how intense and how cool and how fast-paced all that was to somebody that doesn't know anything about it. If they were a fringe person, like maybe sales or continuity or something like that, even if you're Pete Nuccio, you know, the maintenance guy, Yeah, he has an idea. Well, he, see,
2: he sees us he see, working. Yeah, he sees what's yeah. going on. Yeah.
1: But for somebody that, you know, just has no idea, it's just nonstop. And yeah, that's, it is. And that's it's, the it's, way we love it.
2: It was intense, but, yeah. you know, like, like we were talking about earlier when I did the cruise, sometimes I'd go in there on a, later, you know, on a Saturday at six o'clock. I'd be busy, be busy during the day and get there and I'd be tired. Of course. The minute I cracked that mic, I got that energy back, and just you know, I was on adrenaline and kept going.
1: Didn't we say that, Liz, when we went we back? Did. When mm-hmm. we went back to WLUV, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I had not been on that radio station since I was 17 years old. Oh yeah,
2: but I mean, there's 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 a feel about it. There is doing a live show, feeding off the audience, them feeding back to you, getting into the music. That's it. Have it a good time. It just pumps you up, and you just get back into where you should be, yeah. and you have a ball with it.
1: And after two or three hours, you just go and lay down in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Tim did. I
3: think I went off and did like 17 different things because I still had energy. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, like I said, I was uh, uh, during, during, <laughs> yeah. the, during the cruise especially, I was actually, uh, you know, the library was right behind, uh, you know, where the jock's at. It was mm-hmm. off to your left of the big door. Yeah. And I would be grabbing certain things that I knew weren't on cart that I wanted to play. And I would be spinning them off of vinyl.
1: Did you bootleg some songs in? Did you do
2: that? Yeah. Yeah. Good.
3: Out of my collection. Good,
2: because w- we did it too. <laughs> with 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 permission. Oh, and now see,
1: we never
3: got permission. I asked. See, we didn't have a PD to report to. No. Oh
2: well, Tom said you can play whatever you want. And I said okay. I All s- right. He said just keep it clean. I said. Okay, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Which back then it probably wasn't hard no, to find not at all. songs that were not not at all. No, you're so under, a lot, you're a, lot of the, to go. a lot of the stuff that I I added, uh, aside from all the jingles that I brought in, you know, came out of my collection and I carted them up and, and and left them in there for whomever you know was there after I was there. Wow, did you really? Sure, I must have added about a hundred songs.
3: Wow.
2: Plus there were there were plenty of them on that wall. Wow. Those black carts.
3: Yeah. Think I think I still have some of those black carts in a box back home but don't, I don't have a clue what's on them. Yeah. yeah.
1: I I've only got blue ones. So I don't know if oh, it the, was a uh, different the, manufacturer. The, well, no,
2: I was t- the the black ones were for AM only. The blue ones were for AM and or FM. Those were stereo carts. Mm-hmm. Oh, Capital Audio Pack we're talking.
1: Oh, gotcha. I didn't know that differentiation. Yeah, well, I just, I just as as, right as
2: one who did a lot of production and carded a lot of the music for the stations uh, and the jingles and everything else, yeah, I wow. n- I knew them inside out. You know
1: what's really weird about him saying taking calls and doing this and jingles and blah blah blah. And Nobody I mean, does that anymore. And, well, and you're yeah, and you're you're like a uh, you're like an octopus. You're a clearinghouse. You sort of feel that way.
2: You Ever heard of octopus car wash? Yes. This is, <laughs> this is octopus radio sweat.
1: <laughs> it's sort of. I ended up having to call a radio station over the weekend. And I called the office... Are you you
2: talking now or then? Now. Now. And I called
1: the main number and no answer. Oh, gee. Mm -hmm. Rang and rang and rang. Now, I I expect something to pick up. Anything? Nothing. 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 So I said... I I just
2: called to let you know your building's on fire.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is Fred Spear. So then I figured, okay, I'll wait after 9 o'clock. I'm giving them a little bit of lenience. I'll call after 9 o'clock on Monday morning. Guy picked it up, and he says, this is the studio line. Let me give you the office number. And I go, okay. So he gave me the office number. Okay, fine. I dial the office number, and it rang and oh rang. And God, I go, God, serious? here we go again. And finally, a voicemail picks up, and it said, hi, this is Jasmine. Leave a message. Jasmine. What the hell? No identification, no nothing. And I'm going, well, I'm, I'm looking for so-and-so. I hope maybe you could forward this voicemail on to her. If nothing else, call me back and let me know I've got a wrong person. And it's like, oh my God, I need flesh and blood to pick up a damn phone. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. It's frustrating. Oh God, it it was, I didn't know what
2: to do. It's like, come on. Hi, this is Jasmine. I'm a Libra. (laughs) (laughs) You dialed the wrong number, but thanks for calling. Please leave a message, I'll call you back. And then she gives you a request. Could you
1: play Mariah Carey? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. No, no. No. it goes the other way. No,
2: I'm not going to play that stupid song no. from Mariah Carey. No, not any No, of I don't want any more Mariah Carey. I know she had 19 number one hits, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Now we've got Bill angry. See what we've no, done. No, Bill's not angry. You no, he's
3: see not what, angry. He's
2: just... Just making fun of Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> Mariah.
1: Do you have anything else? He's got lots, of, got things. lots of things. I
2: got lots of things, but... but I don't,
1: what direction you want to go. Well,
2: I, I wanted to get a little background on you, because obviously we did work together for a short while. Yeah. That air check that I have of the cruise, there is a mention of you in that air check. That's why oh. That's why I put it on there.
1: It was not, Tim, get the hell out of the way. Not it, a, no?
2: No, 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 <laughs> really? no, 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 no. Really? Nothing, nothing, uh, nothing evil. <laughs> 40 WROK at 6:25 of the Saturday night cruise. Bill Shannon until midnight. Oh, a balmy eight degrees above zero. Gotta keep me warm. Lay a little love it on me. Robin McNamara at WROK. Don't you see that
4: I'm all your love? love.
2: 1440 WROK 628 with the UCP Talent Time going on this weekend. Tim Larson is going to be co-hosting the event, our very own, and hope to catch his mug on the tube real soon. Let's make a pledge and help somebody who needs your help.
1: We had fun back then. Oh,
2: gosh, did we We ever. We did.
1: Who was your person that, when I say WROK News, instantly jumps into your head? Who is the most Well, two of them. Two of them.
2: Two of them. Okay. Because they were on with me most afternoons, but okay. I but I worked with all of them at one time or another. Okay, I mean I worked with Pressman, I worked with Fred, I worked with mm-hmm. John, Rick, and uh, Ken were my main. Rick, Rick McGoughlin, Ken yeah, DeCaster. Yeah, Rick. Yep.
1: Those are the main persons. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow.
2: They were. They handled most of the afternoons. Yeah.
1: Such professionals.
2: But on occasion, Fred would be there. On mm-hmm. occasion, Bob Pressman would be there. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on, on what their schedule was, because they were in and out and covering certain things. And...
1: Is there an oh, God moment that happened with any of those news-wise that sort of sticks in your head? Oh, that and... happened
2: while I was on the air or something? Yeah. Um, well, I remember I was on the air late in 84. It was a local thing that happened that, that you're probably well aware of. Yeah, uh, the Rock River had, uh, had had ice jams. I
3: was going to say flood. Yeah, yeah.
2: flood yeah. flood down near the, you know that, that area of mm-hmm. Machesney Park where it always floods. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were we were dealing with that and after I got off the air I remember myself and I think Chuck Doyle, I think Kipper was there. We all went down and helped sandbag.
1: Did oh, you yeah. really? Yeah.
2: But it was it was a residential area where we were starting to back up into the front yards. Oh. That real low area. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's Mchesney Park, isn't it? Isn't that part of Mcchesney mm-hmm. Park? Mm-hmm. I Loves Park. Loves Park. love's Park, yeah, okay. Talking 30-some years ago. Oh, I know, yeah, yeah. oh, I know. Uh, but I, I, re- I distinctly remember saying, hey, we need to go help these people. Let's let's go down there and sandbag for them. I said, yeah, let's go. So we did. Nice. Yeah.
1: I recently had uh, Bob Pressman come in. And, of course, they're talking stories back and forth. And, you know, Liz and I were sort of in the peanut gallery. You know, uh, Bob mainly, and Ken, you mean? Yeah, it was mainly, mainly Bob <laughs> yeah. and Ken. Yeah. yeah, Bob and Ken. When, when we talked afterwards... There is a distinct image that literally it felt like it happened yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I told Liz this story because we were down at the New American Theater on Saturday night, which is now the Nordloff Center. I was interviewing J.R. Sullivan at the new studio, the sit-down studio. And I don't know, we were probably halfway through our interview, you know, like quarter after 10, something like that. I see Bob Pressman in between the studios and he's sort of running. Back and forth, back and forth. And I go, ooh, that can't be good. Something's up, yeah. Yeah, something's up. Well, of course, that's at J.R. Sullivan's back. So J.R. didn't know. I mean, he's facing the transmitter. Sure. He didn't have any idea. Can't see. All of a sudden, Bob Pressman charges in the door, points at the extra microphone, as much as to say, give it to me, give it to me now. Put me on now. Yeah. And I said, J.R., I I need to interrupt you. Bob Pressman has come in with a news story. And Bob said, because he had John Stranden over in the newsroom. Right. Bob said, the Space Shuttle Challenger has just blown up. We now join ABC News. And then John potted up ABC News. Even to tell you now, it sends chills up my back. I talked with J.R. Sullivan maybe about seven years ago, something he appeared on CBS, on some news story they were doing with theater. And I text him back and forth and I says, do you remember? He goes, oh, yes, I remember. I remember every part of that day because we were all set back on our heels. Yeah,
2: we were uh, I was in Minneapolis at the time. That was January of 86.
1: Mm-hmm. It would have been January 26th. Are you asking me or no, telling no, me? No, no, I am trying to remember. <laughs> it was
2: it was the last week of January, I remember that? Wouldn't have a clue. And we were sitting in the in the conference room having a meeting watching the space shuttle mm-hmm. go up mm-hmm. in flames. Mm-hmm. And you you know, you saw, you saw it and your heart just sank. Mm-hmm. You know. I was on the air nine eleven. 9/11 down in Charleston. I was doing the morning show when it Were happened. Oh really? yeah, yeah.
3: So tell me about that. Yeah.
2: Wow. Uh, that was pretty surreal. Eastern time. So the reference is, is the same as the time in New York, obviously, because I was in Charleston, South Carolina, on the air. Beautiful day. And clear as could be, it was a Tuesday. At about 10 minutes of 9, our midday girl, Kane Cameron, came in and said, uh, you may want to check the news. There's something going on. I think a, a small plane has hit the uh, World Trade Center. Okay, fine. Well, after that, all hell ensues. Mm -hmm. You know, first the the first plane hits, then the second plane hits, Mm -hmm. and then the Pentagon gets hit, and then Shanksville gets hit. Did you have
1: a full newsroom?
2: We shared with our news partner WSC, which was the AM side of news, and uh, we we did our own coverage. Eventually, we ended up joining. uh, I think it was ABC. We took audio from the our local TV partner, Channel 5, gotcha, which was a CBS affiliate. Mm -hmm. So we took their audio and they were all over it, you know, doing the wall-to-wall coverage. So yeah, that was was something. And then uh, the next morning, the 12th, we did a simulcast on all the stations, all five of them, from the News Talker, and I anchored that. Wow. Come on, Bill. Yeah. We were on five stations at one time.
1: Did you have some of their other staff
2: Oh yeah, Yeah, we no, okay. we, had, we, had a, we had a full – we had the morning team from the country station. We had the morning team from – well, we didn't have the morning team from Q104 because they were Bob and Tom. But uh, our morning show, uh, the news team from WSC, which was a good three, four people, one of the jocks from Q104 was there with us and uh, the uh, morning, morning host on the country station.
1: That had to have been comforting that you're not – in this bucket of crap by yourself
2: oh no, no that was, yeah. you know, it wasn't a problem because we, we I, had, I had done stuff like that prior to during the floods of 93 in Des Moines for oh, example
0: mm-hmm. oh.
2: uh, I was on a number of stations you know doing oh. reports and stuff
0: over your career
1: have you or somebody you know uh, th- there was some kind of a story of some sort that was just in your backyard and you would do a feed to the network have you ever been part of any of that uh,
2: st- as, as a stringer you mean yeah uh, not me personally no okay uh, when I worked at OKY and MIL, I remember one time um, I had you know, just gotten there. We had a big snowstorm, and we didn't have a traffic reporter. I hopped in the car <laughs> with, uh, with, with one of the interns, and he drove, and I had the Marty unit with me, and I was, I was, doing, you know, I was doing call-ins on, on traffic around the Milwaukee freeway system. You know, I I knew all the intersections and everything, so I was doing traffic reports.
1: That's just crazy because back in the day, you just you grab the equipment yeah. out the car and off it, you go. If
2: you're around and and, and they there's short a few people, they need some help, you go do it.
1: That's hilarious.
2: Election days. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. You know, well, because there's so many places and you can't be yeah. everywhere. All or the you're time. in the
2: studio anchoring while the you know news people are out there covering their their candidates. You wow. Know? So yeah, I've I've done a little bit of everything, and I've done you know like like Liz was talking about she's she's done a number of different formats i've mm-hmm. i've done top 40 i've done ac light rock hard rock soft rock medium rock mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh you no, know. Co- no country classic I, rock? I programmed country
1: oh you did but you didn't you, you weren't on the air country. yes oh you were yeah in des moines okay oh okay yeah oh, okay. Yeah. All right. yeah so you've pretty much done everything. hawkeye
2: country I, I i programmed country and did afternoons that was the pd yeah so what yeah.
1: would be your what would be your favorite
2: my favorite uh genre to yeah. uh to be on uh, probably top forty, but not you know top forty slash oldies. Maybe a classic hits would be it. You okay. know, pretty much what I'm doing now. Yeah, because I because lo- I love the music from that era I'm, and I grew up with yeah, it. Yeah,
1: I'm just a CHR '70s guy. I'll take it any time. Yeah, you, you know, know, Doobie Brothers and James Taylor and Elton John. And
2: and, uh, you got all kinds of genres in there. You got the disco area. You got the the soft rock of the early '70s with James Taylor and Carole King, and you know. You got Al Stewart in the late '70s with time passages. You got The Rock. You got The Doobies. You got yeah. Boston. You got Fleetwood Mac. You got Hall and See, Oates.
3: Your name in mine, but I and I, I believe it or not, I also like The Rock, the classic rock. So I'll go back to Ozzy Osbourne. I'll oh, go back. Seriously? I like some of that stuff. After after working in
2: apparently yeah. she's still on the crazy train. <laughs> I know,
3: crazy train. Yeah, Aerosmith. Yeah. I just, I really Sweet like
2: emotion, it. my goodness! Look at you, Def
3: Leppard. Oh, are you I was, serious? Yeah, I oh, was, that
2: is bang your head! Oh,
3: I was the lioness of rock. <laughs>
2: <laughs> gluba gleba, glabba, gluba. gluba, gluba. Yeah. Okay.
3: I have that. I have that somewhere where the guys from Def Leppard called me the lioness of rock. Well, so I've got to find it somewhere. That
1: is hilarious. I, I
2: never that knew stuff. that side of you. I did find an air check of me on Z O K. What? Yeah. What are you doing ZOK for? Filling in. I know, but why?
1: Like
3: you, Tim, like you did. I know,
2: but mine was Rolling
1: Stones night. Everybody had well, to be no,
2: gone. Well, no, no, no. Uh, uh Riley O'Neill did a shift on Sunday nights when he was part-time. Oh. And he his air name was Bobby Cook.
3: Oh, really?
2: Oh. And why? he had to he had to bow out one night and I got the call. Hey, can you come help? us? sure. I well, you know. And uh, can I use my air name? Uh okay. So I used Bill Shannon on ZOK. That's hilarious. Uh, I'll see if I can dig that one up for you. I got a couple of. I think I had one or two good breaks. That, that
1: oh, fun! You know, you know this bowl of spaghetti. I mean, like nobody else. You're sort of the rain man of radio. Welcome
2: to Ms. Welcome to Spaghetti Junction. Yes. Exactly. Oh, by the way, guess guess who followed me that that night that I was on.
1: Who?
2: Some a person that's uh, working at a station that kind of looks like this beer can. Lisa Dent, Lisa Dent was oh. she was on after me. Yeah, no that, way that particular night. Yeah, and she was late. <laughs> she uh, was she was a few minutes late, but I just had fun. I said, "Hey, didn't I said this is Lisa Dent?" I thought I'd start by doing my impression of Bill Shannon. How do you like it so far?
1: <laughs> I got a pop quiz for you. Pop not, quiz. Not that you would ever know this answer. All right, ever. Mm. I'll try. You know, I still talk frequently with Chuck Doyle. So he ended up sending me. An air check of when one of his program directors somewhere that he knew w- went up to Beloit. I think it was WGEZ, maybe. This guy was in a bind. Somebody was not showing up. And he calls down to Chuck and he goes, come on, man, can you come up and help me? Can you do a show? He goes, I'm doing okay." He goes, ah, come on, uh, change your name. That'll work. So he goes, all right, because he wanted to help the guy. And Chuck is overemphasizing the high radio voice right. as Bill Baxter.
2: Bill Baxter, everybody, hey.
1: (laughs) He was... (laughs) And he had the air check from it. Oh, no. Oh, it was hilarious. I said, come on. He goes, no, you can't make this so, stuff so up. So he was
2: just playing it way over the top. He
1: was, yeah, big time. Because yeah. it didn't matter. He, and yeah. Well, and he sort of wanted... What are they go- yeah, what are
2: they going to do, fire him?
1: Well, and he, wanted, he sort <laughs> right, of wanted to right. hide his identity to well, a certain degree. Yeah, you're in, uh,
2: yeah if he in sounds shape. like Chuck Doyle, he's in trouble.
1: Yeah, adjacent markets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bill, thank you so much for coming in My again. pleasure.
2: This was uh, blast number two. So much more
1: stories.
3: Oh,
2: gosh. Really, really good. You know, you, you tell one, and another one pops into your head.
3: That's... Um, I'm already thinking of a few. Been jotting them down here. Oh, yep. that's
1: why what this have, happens. What have I
2: done? Yeah.
3: Yep. Oh no. Yep.
2: Yep. Yeah. Thanks nah. again for it coming was. In. It was a
0: pleasure. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Liz, you are you are a joy.
3: Oh, you well, are. thank you very much.
0: Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Storytellers Studio in celebration of WROK Radio's 100th year in broadcasting.